Welcome, everyone, to another exciting episode of the Unplugged Podcast, uh, Entrepreneurship Stories. I'm your host, Randy Yose. Uh, today, we are joined by social entrepreneur uh, Akeem Gardner of Atlas365. He's the co-founder and CEO. Uh, Akeem, welcome to today's show. Akeem's also an advisor to the Athlete Tech Group as well. Uh, don't let me forget that, so my apologies, but Akeem is here rocking with us today to talk entrepreneurship, talk about you know his journey, how he's gone to where he is today, and some of the things that he's excited to uh, explore in the future. Welcome, Akeem. Thank you for having me, my man. Thank you for having me. So how have you been keeping busy, Akeem? What have you, you know, what is, what is COVID, you know, your COVID 2020 look like, especially being an entrepreneur? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, well, COVID has been uh, a, a blessing and a big teacher for us, right? It's, it was a teacher for us because um, um, usually it was, or well, when, I know when I got into entrepreneurism, I had no clue what I was doing. I was just following those that came before me that I had around me. Um, examples like you, because I know you founded Rosie Management. Um, what was it? Two years before we founded Atlas 365. But even before then, you were hustling, working. You're one of the people I always tell people about. You and my sister, Kayla, I always say, Randy and Kayla, they always had a job. I never known them to never have a job. It doesn't matter what it is, right? So... Uh, when I jumped into entrepreneurism, I was always thinking like, go, 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 because that's what I always saw, right? I didn't realize it wasn't always about working harder. It was about working smarter. And what COVID did is it slowed everything down and allowed us to slow down. It allowed us to take our big vision and really narrow what we were focusing on, narrow our scope to find something truly unique and um, an asset that we had that was truly unique. And then work to develop it so that now, as we're, um, well, I don't want to say coming out of COVID because it's still here, but, you know, things have slowed down. Ontario's reopened back up. We're in phase three. Um, um, businesses are starting to get going again. We have a much more solid understanding of how we want to represent ourselves as a business, a brand, as entrepreneurs in the marketplace. So uh, things have been good. Things have been good. Big blessing, big, big teaching, teaching moment um, for us. Hundred percent. Now you know. Thanks for the shout out. Uh, <laughs> um, this is a you know weird. Akeem's also my best friend, guys, um, and we also co-founded a a company together. But today's all going to be about you, sir. So as much as you want to show love, this is about you. Um, it's not about show love. I'm going to tell my story. And you're a very big part of my story. You can't sure. deny that. So I'm that is tell my 100% fine. That is 100% fine. I'm asking you to let's keep the lens and focus on you. That's what I'm asking. Now, can you take us back to your, your, your childhood? You know, um, you, you, you have two younger sisters. You're the oldest of three. Take us back to your childhood. And, you know, what did your parents do growing up? What did, you know, your, your aunts, uncles, like, did you see entrepreneurship from a young age, or is it something that you saw as you got older? Well, like I, I just answered that question. I saw it because of people like you and my sister. I didn't see it because of my parents. My mom worked in an, at an assembly line at the Chrysler plant. My, um, my dad, he was mortgage agent, right? My mom and my dad was, wasn't divorced, right? But from my parents, what I 
learned was um primarily actually from my mom what i learned was always to keep busy always to have the strength right always to keep going as annoying as things were it was from my friends it was from again people like you my sister people who would always have a job from um 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 and then from us as athletes young athletes always getting up to go do the work um put in time before school after school being a university athlete so on and so forth all of these things were what gave me some of the tools even albeit loosely um because it was in the world of um athletics and sport but it gave me the tools the foundation that allowed us to um, say okay when it came time to founding something for our own I, even though I didn't know exactly what I was doing I knew that I could outwork my, my peers I knew I could out hustle my peers I knew I was driven I knew I could be driven all the same things that we learned from sport watching people like Kobe Bryant in sport um, reading the book relentless so on and so forth all these things I knew that I can transition into the world of entrepreneurism and that's what that's my foundation for where we are today. So where are you today? Um, you know, fast forward to, to 2020, what is, what is your, your, your startup doing in, in what space? Um, and then we'll take a, a step back into how it got started and what you've been doing over the past three years. Well, um, if you will, let me just start at the past three years and lead to today, right? Um, when we founded our company, we were involved in the, in the legal cannabis industrial hemp space, right? And I say legal cannabis slash industrial hemp because we primarily focus on industrial hemp. Industrial hemp is the cousin plant of the marijuana plant, but it's all in the cannabis family. Um, industrial hemp is very, a very important plant um, because it's very diverse. You can do a lot of really, really cool things with it. They say uh, industrial hemp can has over 50,000 commercial uses. I like to say that's 50,000 commercial uses before we add modern day technology to it. So now that um, the, in Canada and in the United States, we're seeing um, with the passing of the farm bill, we're really starting to see just how this plant can impact society. And what we're focused on at Atlas 365 is making sure that we can add resilience to our communities, to our individuals, that we can build economic opportunities with the industrial hemp plant and technology. How can Question. we look at this? Oh, yeah. Question. Can, for our viewers or our listeners, can you explain the difference? Because when people hear mm -hmm. cannabis, when people hear hemp, people all think negative. For, for everyone listening, can you explain what is the difference in what you're doing as opposed to CBD and so on and so forth? Just explain that difference before we move forward. Well, there's the key difference that everyone needs to understand is that hemp is not marijuana. It's the cousin of marijuana. Marijuana gets you high, health gets, gets you hemp, healthy. Sorry. Marijuana grows in a greenhouse or now you can have outdoor marijuana cultivation, so on and so forth. But it usually needs um, things like irrigation. Um, you have to give it a lot of care. You want to make sure that you have female onlys in, in your plant. You're usually trying to breed marijuana for a high t uh, THC um, content or even for high CBD content. Hemp is completely different. In industrial hemp, you get under 0.03% of THC, but it's bred for high, uh, higher dosages of CBD. 
And what happens is, is because it's bred against THC content, you have no THC in it. What you get is you get a lot of industrial uses from the fiber that you get from the hemp plant. So we grow hemp, um, we grow hemp uh, much like uh, in a fiber variety, much like how you would grow bamboo or corn or so, uh, just like any other farmer. Um, hemp grows on the farm. Again, you don't need special licenses to grow hemp. And then hemp, like I said, 50,000 different commercial uses from the hemp plant, way different than the marijuana plant. They used to use hemp for rope. They use it for things like building materials. You can get pro plant-based proteins from hemp, um, um, so on and so forth. So again, what we're excited about with this plant is that there's some really innovative things that you can do with it. There's some novel discoveries that we've made um, when it comes to the hemp plant recently um, within the last year. And our organization is getting ready to um, launch an equity round as a seed stage uh, seed stage company in order to commercialize some of the unique processes um, and the product opportunities that we've discovered over the last year. Thank you. So essentially you're saying that something that's been banned for so long can be so good for the world, um, whether it's human health or uh, the environment. Um, there's a lot of talk about, you know, hemp and, and, and cannabis being good for the environment. Can you, ex can you explain why? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm not saying any of these, this. This is the stuff that we know. I'm just a student of what the information that's out there. All I did was do my Googles. And when you do your Googles, when you look at the, the literature, when you look at the work that scientists have done, farmers have done, not only in Canada, but around the world, you learn some very interesting things about the hemp plant. One of the things that we know about the hemp plant <clears throat> is that hemp sequesters carbon dioxide at a much, much faster rate than trees. It takes trees 20 to 40 years to grow to their full capacity. Hemp grows in 90 to 120 days. They say one acre of hemp will sequester four times the carbon dioxide as an acre of trees. <clears throat> when it comes to the air, um, the carbon, our carbon emissions and so on and so forth, we're very excited about hemp to be an agent in the fight for carbon sequestration and the fight to offset carbon emissions. But then when you look at the byproducts of hemp, you, hemp is the zero waste plant. You can use every part of the plant for something. I think I heard the other day for every one ton of marijuana grown, there's three tons of marijuana that you have to throw away that goes to waste. You can't use it for anything else. The government of Canada won't allow you and you, it's hard to find functional uses. But hemp, you can grow it you can you literally use the seed for foods, for hemp seed oil. You can use it for protein, um, and you can use it for other exciting things. The flour, you can get CBD from the flour. Other um, uh, molecules that can, you can turn into medicine to make the person, an individual person healthy. From the straw of the hemp plant, you can decorticate it. That's separating the fiber from the herd or the inner woody core of the hemp plant. And when you do that, you can use the fiber for things like clothing, for ropes, so on and so forth. Um, 
they say hemp takes 20 times less water to grow than cotton. So when you, we talk about sustainable fashion, sustainable clothing, zero waste clothing, hemp would be a great alternative. Um, and then the, again, the inner woody core, you can use it for things like animal bedding, horse bedding, and you can use it to build carbon neutral houses. Uh, um, the roots of the hemp plant, again, we can talk about teas, medicines, so on and so forth, literally zero waste. So when you mentioned hemp being good for the environment, um, that's why I say our, it's our mission to add resilience to our communities because we can use every part of this plant by matching agriculture with technology to come up with solutions that we need, especially now in the 21st century. So seeing all of, you know, all of this opportunity, because now it's legal and, you know, there's things to figure out with, with, within this and outside of it, how did you... I guess walk us, you know, through your story of how you turned this into a business, and what are some of the goals you're you're trying to um, mm -hmm. reach with this business? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, um, the initial inception of you know, what allowed us to start was, and I know you don't want me to do this, but it comes back to you, Randy. I, when I graduated from law school, and you know this, but everyone else needs to know this as well. When I graduated from law school, I came back to Canada. And um, I went to law school in the United Kingdom. So I have an out-of-country law degree. And I said, how do I um, um, leverage what I have around me, my environment, my community, and the people that I know to be able to get ahead in the race to become a lawyer, right? A lot of my classmates, they were saying that we had to start as legal assistants. We couldn't even get legal internships because we had an out-of-country degree. When you have an out-of-country degree, you have to accredit your degree to the Canadian standards. So there was a process that I had to go, go through. But in going through that process, one of the things that I said, um, and you remember this, I said, Randy, instead of me helping one of these other companies build their company, let's see if we can do something with Rosé Management. Let's see if we can do something to stand on our own. And because I knew that you had already laid the foundation with Rosé Management, I knew that all I had to do, my job, was to bring what I learned from law school and try to apply it here in a practical setting. So in 2017, when cannabis was becoming legal, one of the ideas I had was, hey, Randy, let's see if we can get athletes involved in a responsible way, right? Um, we don't care to talk about um, recreational use when it comes to athletes. I know none of the major leagues would ever allow it. But things like medicinal use, CBD, CBD for um, um, reduced brain inflammation, to treat concussions, so on and so forth. Some of these responsible characteristics, some of these practical characteristics where athletes are pumping themselves with opioids, with synthetic drugs, so on and so forth. Let's see if we can get people on things that are plant-derived. No different like than us nowadays realizing that we don't need to eat meat to get protein, we can go plant-based. Let's see if we can do the same thing with our medicine. And that's when you said, Akeem, you're nuts. I can't do this. Edibles and marijuana. I'm gonna get blackballed from the sport industry. Can't make it happen. And I said, wait, Randy, one second. I just learned about this thing at school called separate corporate personalities. Maybe let's start a new company and you keep on doing what you're doing. Let me see if I can figure this out. And that's literally how we started. I had no clue what I was doing, but I had the confidence of my friends. I had the confidence of my peers, the confidence of my business partner, you, to be able to go out and say, let me see if I can figure this out. 
And if I figure this out, we're going to be okay. So it's from 2017 to when we incorporated to now, it's been a long journey of figuring it out. It's like the first time when you picked up a basketball and you tried to learn how to shoot or do a left-hand layup. It takes so much missing, making mistakes, falling down, turnovers, dribbling the ball off your feet to learn how to actually play in a basketball game and be good in a basketball, decent in a basketball game. I like to look at our story, our journey as an entrepreneur um, and learning how to grow from being a founder to a CEO in the same way. At the beginning, it was all on me. I had no clue what I was doing, so I was just running around asking for help. Who can help me? Who has um, insights? Where can I learn? So on and so forth. Give me all the information. It's annoying, but I want it. I can ask, uh, I remember on the court, I was telling you the other day, on the court, I, um, I used to be one of the students where one of our coaches used to be like, Akeem, don't ask me no more questions. Because I would ask, coach, when he's coming off a pick, can we do this? Why would we do this? Can we run this play? I would ask a million and one questions, right? Coaches, Akeem, you're annoying. Shut up. Go to the back of the bench, right? But in the world of entrepreneurism, it worked to my favor because I can go and ask all these people with all this business experience and they would give it to me. They would offer it to me because they saw that we were hungry. They saw that we wanted to grow. So my journey has been just the same way how when you're trying to get good for your sport, when you're going into training camp because you know you have a long season ahead and you're trying to win that championship. All for the last three years, I tried to do, do everything I could to learn about this industry. I talked to every company I could to learn what they were doing, to learn what we can do different, and to spot gaps. Because a lot of the cannabis companies, at least in Canada, are... Um, Caucasian-owned, white-owned. There's not a lot of Black representatives in there. And I was saying, hey, if we can do something different to speak to our culture, but do it on the legal side, then we have a winner. The last three years was all about me figuring out how do I do this? What do I do? Who do I talk to? Who do I invite to my team? Who stays on my team? Making a mistake, it's okay. Being short-sighted, the next shot's going to go in, right? Um, that's what my journey's been like leading to where we are today. Which is amazing. Um, I'm sure, you know, I'm curious to hear, and I'm sure our listeners are, are curious to hear what has happened in the mm -hmm. last three years and, you know, how have you pivoted and grown and mistakes you've made, so on and so mm -hmm. forth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> we don't have time to recap the last three years, but what like i said um and i'll just fast forward to where we are right now in COVID, in covid one of the things that has best suited me is my persistence and my hustle and my drive right and um um when covid hit instead of um getting scared instead of um what are we going to do the world's ending et cetera, et cetera, i knew that if i stayed focused on what i on what we had at the table all the opportunities that we had within the hemp supply chain um, and if we were able to narrow down those opportunities to a specific component of the hemp supply chain and focus, then we would be okay. So when COVID hit, there were, um, there was a number of different universities that I was in early research projects with, right? Working with them, trying to figure out, hey, how do we do this versus that? How do we create something that's novel and unique and bring it to the market? And when COVID hit one particularly, particular university, I remember calling the research professors and saying, hey, 
we're in a pandemic right now. You guys have been telling me for the last year that you were going to do X, Y, and Z with X, Y, and Z company, right? And we're over here trying to narrow our focus. Why don't we team up to take what the uh, intellectual property that you guys have developed to the next step um, and try to commercialize it? And the professor that I called, I think he was very enthusiastic about my persistence, about my narrow-mindedness, and he said, hey, let's figure it out, let's do it. So what that has given us is it gave us, um, 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 it gave us a partner in a university that had all the academic uh, reputation, the um, technical reputation, the plant science reputation that we needed to create what we're excited about now, which is a novel hemp therapeutic, but something that's not CBD. This is what we're working to bring to market right now. Um, this is exciting for us is because ev everywhere, all over the place, you see a new CBD brand coming up day in, day out. You see people making claims about X, Y, and Z, right? And a lot of these claims, even though anecdotally they may be true, even though when you use the product, you may feel um, that it's uh, anti-inflammatory, it helps you with your seizures, so on and so forth. But what we want to do is we want to bring something to the market that's consistent. There's a reason why Epidolex, the CBD medicine for seizures for people with epilepsy, that's the only one to be certified by the FDA because they're the only ones that are in the clinical trials and producing at a consistent rate to be able to make the claims that they make. We are trying to follow in their footsteps and do the same thing with the novel hemp therapeutic something that we expect to be extremely potent when it comes to dealing with pain and inflammation, something that can help us not only um, um, as uh, recreational and, um, and professional athletes um, extend our careers, but something that can help people like our parents that deal with knee pain, joint pain, so on and so forth, live healthier lives. Something that when, um, will appeal to the naturalists, the people that want to get off the synthetic drugs, the synthetic medicines, the synthetic over-the-counter medicines with something natural, something that we've used since antiquity, antiquity meaning the beginning of time, and has never killed anyone. Marijuana has never killed anyone. Um, so this is what we're focused, we're focused on. We're um, creating this product right now in partnership with the, with the university, in partnership with some of our other stakeholders, and we're creating a brand around it called Kunerda. You'll hear more about it very soon. But what we've also done is we've also started to look and say, okay, now that we have this product, how do we sell this to the marketplace? And how do we develop um, loyalty among consumers to keep on bringing them back to us, right? Yeah, we know we stand out. Yeah, we know we have our patent that protects us, but now how do we take it to the next step? So we've also launched two other brands. One is called Wellness E. That's an e-commerce shop where we will retail all of our products. That'll be our sales channel. And then we created a loyalty point program called EcoPoints for the socially responsible, for the um, green consumer. It's just like how you would collect air mile points or petrol points or aeroplane points, whatever it is. We want to reward consumers, reward people in the real world for doing the right things, for making sustainable actions, and for buying our, our products. So this is what we've been working on for the last little while. Eco points. Is it only buying uh, Atlas 365 products, or is it all type of sustainable products? 
So our goal and our mission for EcoPoints is to scale it up, not only to include Atlas 365 products, but sustainable products all over the world. We know that from now until year 2030, we only have a limited amount of carbon dioxide that we can emit as a world, as a human population, to help avert some of the negative effects of climate change. Because of that, we need all of us to be able to be working on this one mission. And this is where we see EcoPoints coming in. We're going to continue to reach out to diff various different consumer uh, vendors, various different manufacturers, product manufacturers, um, to list a variety of different sustainable products, sustainable activities that you can redeem your EcoPoints for. This will launch in the GTA, launch out of Peel region, but our goal is to grow this across Canada, across North America, and eventually the world. Love that, love that. Wellness E, is that, is that up and running currently? Um, mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. We've, we launched the Wellness E, right? Mm -hmm. We launched it right now and there's a few products in the shop, including a, uh, um, an anti-inflammatory and an autoimmune um, product called ProKirk30. That's a curcumin-based product. Um, curcumin is one of the natural products or the natural extracts that you get out of um, turmeric, right? So when you eat like um, eat like your, um, what's it called? Your road, your curry, right? You know, curry is good for you. The spices are good for you. They give you um, different properties. ProCurk 30 has of those same properties. Um, and on Wellnessy, we're also continuing to, la um, to launch and publish a number of different blog posts, a number of different resources um, from, of work that we've done to study the marketplace and to know what's going on. Why does, how does pain work, right? What are the body's pro-inflammatory pathways? How do natural supplements help us stay healthy? What is the immune system? If you don't know what it is, you, we hear it all the time, oh, my immune system's weak, I, I'm getting sick. But what actually is happening to us, right? Because if we know what's actually happening to our body, then we can make the decisions to address um, some of those, um, those um, negativities, right? Um, that are around us. How do we stay healthy? So on and so forth, right? We don't only want to walk the walk, uh, or I mean, talk the talk, we want to walk the walk. And that means um, using much of what we learned at college, university, um, academically, and finding a way to translate that into information to educate the consumer, educate the market. Make sure that everything that we say, there's claims, there's research, there's studies that come behind it. So it's not listening to Akeem. I'm just the messenger, right? But I've done the work so that you don't have to do, so that you guys can live a healthier life. Do you feel that, you know, I, um, looking at it, do you feel that, you know, one of the biggest market opportunities for Canerda, Wellness E, um, EcoPoints is because of COVID, right? COVID in itself is, I feel has made a lot of people a lot more health and wellness conscious, me included. Um, do you feel that this time, especially, you know, for, for these, 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 these brands and products that are launching, do you think that this time is actually amplifying the opportunity for, for these products into the market? Um, I'm going to say life amplifies the opportunities for these products, but these are things that we knew going way back when. Remember when I came back in 2017, what did I say? I said, Randy, there's this thing called the Sustainable Development Goals, these 2030 goals, right? 
and no one's paying attention to it right now. But if we pay attention to it now, we'll position ourselves right as social entrepreneurs so that when the market shifts and comes towards what we're talking about, we're going to be ready. And that's what we did. We listened and, we, and we're here now, right? Um, I feel like sometimes the answers or the things that we, um, that we need are in front of us, but we're oblivious to it because there's so many things going on. That's why COVID was a blessing because it slowed everyone down and allowed everyone to, to re-examine, re-explore what's actually important. It amplifies the opportunity only if you were prepared for the opportunity, right? That's why it, um, we're able to launch Canarda right now and withstand the negative effects of COVID, withstand the um, working from home. It's not, it wasn't a, as hard of a transition for us because we were prepared for whatever comes, we knew that climate change was going to destroy our, our earth um, or climate change is going to destroy our earth if we don't do something to solve it now. In 2018, I was talking to you about, Randy, this is how much insurance prices on our houses are going up every year. It's small now, so we aren't paying attention. But in 10 years, when you um, compound all of that, it's going to grow up like $40,000. And we were paying attention to this earlier on, I a lot have to thank my, um, my university career, my law school degree, going to law school in the United Kingdom gave me a different perspective um, on all of this because in the United Kingdom, they're much more North than us. Um, the ice sheets, um, Brexit happened. So we were talking about what's happening when the UK splits from the rest of the EU, what happens with international treaties, so on and so forth. But all this information has been there. It's just, we haven't necessarily, or we don't always pay attention to it, right? And that's what I think the difference, um, or that's what I think COVID brought to us right now. It slowed us down and allowed us to pay attention to what's going on. So seeing that you're, you know, you're launching three distinct products, but they all intersect amongst each other. Walk us through a typical day, like an average day of Akeem's life. Like, what does that look like? So we, so we have three different brands, right? There's going to be different products under the brands, but there's three brands that we own and manage, right? Um, the best way for me to explain it is just like being like an MBA GM. That's how I treat it in my head, right? You have um, various di different parts of your organization that you go to to manage different things. You have your, um, your therapist staff, you know, you have your um, your coaches meetings, you have your players that you have to manage, so on and so forth. And everyone is responsible for running a part of the organization, but you need all of them to work cohesively in order for your organization to win a championship. And this is how I look at it, right? My, my day start usually starts off um, by talking to our chief sustainability officer to see what's going on. I check in on my proof hub, look at my agenda, look at the tasks that I need to do. And I try to clear my emails down with all the immediate things that need to go out. And then I go out and start to manage, making sure that um, all, my all the staff, all the people that we have working with us, that they have the support that they need. Um, I check in, right? If you don't have, sometimes um, some of our, the farmers that we work with, they haven't heard from me in a couple of days, call them to check in. Hey, I'm a keen gardener. I'm still alive. I'm doing this and this. Uh, guys, we're going to be there, right? Encouraging our team, keep going, right? And then I also have to find time for my work, right? Because I can't just manage and just talk the talk. I have to walk the walk as well. I have to make sure that 
I get my tasks done, right? Because at the end of the day, I'm the founder transitioning into the, a CEO. And as the CEO, I have to make sure that certain things happen um, that the, for the company to move forward. I have to make sure that we never run out of money. I have to make sure that people are buying into our vision, that we have the right vision. Is it time to pivot our vision and narrow it? Like the decision we had to make at the start of COVID. Um, I have to make sure that everyone's um, holding not only themselves accountable, but holding their team members accountable. And I have to allow people to hold me accountable as well. Um, so every no two days are the same. Every day is a new learning experience. I make a lot of mistakes in this learning experience, but I know that I have to persevere regardless. So it doesn't matter how I end one day, next day I wake up with a smile on my face, enthusiastic as ever to get to work and try to make, those, make this world a better place. 10 years from now, the year is 2030. Mm -hmm. In a perfect world, where is Akeem Gardner? And where is Atlas 365? Remember going into 2020, I asked everyone to write their next decade goals. And my goal number one is that in the year 2030, Atlas turns 11 years old. That's my goal. If we can sustain, if we can continue to grow and persevere, by 2030, Atlas turns 11 years old. What will, will we be doing at that time? I don't know, right? I hope and I, I hope, well, actually I do know, I do know some of the impact that we would have. I know our community in Brampton is gonna be much more sustainable. We'll have green buses, green, green systems, green ways of going to work. I don't know what climate change is going to do by year 2030. I know we're not meeting the targets that were set for us by the United Nations, even by our federal government. So I don't know what that's gonna to do to our um, climate, to our environment. But I know that we're going to be here trying to make way for the next generation. I know we're going to be here as leaders, particularly of the Black community in Canada, trying to make sure that younger Black kids know where they have opportunity, know that where they can get economic opportunity. I know, I know that we are going to continue to be mentors. One thing that we learned in sport, and this is one of the reasons why we are how we are right now, None of our coaches growing up makes main money coaching us. They all came back, volunteered their time. It wasn't until AEU and the later stuff that we st that they started to see some of those spoils, right? But um, it's all about for the next kid to get better, right? We know all young athletes, some of them come from broken homes. They don't have dads, so on and so forth. They need the older kids to come back and be mentors to them so that they can be better. And then they come go and pay it forward to the younger kids and so on and so forth. And I, I know Atlas is going to be an example of that. The specific journey we're going to go on to get there is 10 years away. But I know that this is what our goal is. Turn 11 years old and continue to make impact in our communities. Absolutely. Akeem, thank you so much for, for, for sharing your story um your journey um you know some of the ups some of the downs and sharing what you believe the future will look like um it sounds like the future will have a, a large focus on the environment have a large focus on the quantified self and you know people taking care of themselves um for people that want to you know get in touch with you or connect to to, to learn more about you know one of these three or all three businesses and products where do people go to find you? 
Um, if you go on my links tree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E dash one A-K-G, it will have all my stuff there. You can keep up with um, my social media, my LinkedIn, our, all of our websites, some of the, all the blog posts that we're doing. We have YouTube videos there. Um, that's the best place to find out what Akeem Garner is doing and what Atlas 365 is doing on my link tree. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you, Akeem, for joining One us. More thing. For, oh. One more thing. Let me, before you go. Um, um, one of the things that I learned, learned recently, and I want to just leave with this for any um, up-and-coming entrepreneur or any person who's stuck who doesn't know what to do, and so on and so forth, the, big, the best advice that I can say, the number one thing that I've learned is you have to own your shit, right? Sorry, or own your decisions, right? Or own what you do because no one else is going to own a mistake for you, right? Right? If you shoot a shot, my bad. I shot the bad shot. You know what I mean? I made a foul, my bad. You own it, right? Because at the end of the day, um, um, if you make a mistake, if you listen to someone and they give you some advice and you do it and it doesn't work out, you have to figure it out. Everyone's looking at you as the leader. And when I realized that in my decision-making process, when I realized that, hey, at the end of the day, not that you don't listen to anyone and that doesn't mean you go run around and being dictators. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You take your best advice, but you go with your gut. When you're playing games, sometimes something tells you to go back door because you can get an easy layup. You don't know what, you know what I mean? Something tells you, oh, let's cross over a counter and go this way. You know what I mean? It's your instinct. You go with what feels natural to you. And when usually when you do that and you have a passion and you know what you're doing is um, what you're doing and why you're doing it for are the right reasons, the universe works things out. For you. And that's why you know, I wake up every day happy, excited to get to work because it's a new journey because I know it's not just me. I know I got God walking with me. I got my family walking with me. And whatever which way we go, wherever way my instinct brings me, whatever way my training has brought me, it's going to be the right place. Everything happens with timing. You just got to own and believe in yourself and you'll get there. Wise words from the social entrepreneur, MNP future leader, 2020, Branton's top 40, under 40. Yo, when you didn't uh, see that city of Brampton, like, city of Brampton, sub, uh, sorry, co-chair for the Brampton Environmental Advisory Council. So anything that happens environmental-wise in Brampton, Akeem knows about it. Akeem Gardner, thank you so much for joining us today. And good luck moving forward. We can't wait to have you back after you've sold your first million Kanurdas, sold this, sold that, and continue on this journey and have more stories to share because it is very, very inspiring. And I always tell you, as much as you hate to hear it, you inspire me. Um, so thank you so much all, for joining all, us today. All this is because of you. Okay, cut it, cut it, cut it, Moose, cut it. <laughs>